already knows. He already knows. All right. Let me take this as I do. Although I can't stray too far because I'm on a, I think, how far can I go? Can I go this far? Is that, is that okay? If I start pacing, I'm just trying to figure out what my, trying to figure out what my, uh, my six feet is. Yeah. Uh, my parameters. Um, but we want to welcome you uh, to our online gathering, and for uh, those of you who are here, so glad that you could make it today um, as we slowly work our way towards, you know, what, what on earth is going on? God, what is, what is going on? What is going on in your heart? And, you know, I've, uh, forgive me in advance uh, as I speak, because if you're wondering, what is he talking about, or where is he, what's he you know, where is he, what's he getting at? Like, I'm, that's me too. Um, that's, that was my own response to my own prep for uh, speaking today. So forgive me in advance. Um, it's like a little bit more stream of consciousness than uh, maybe uh, five, point, five point sermon today. Uh, so maybe I'll give you something to go back to if you, if you want to subject yourself to that and, and listen later on. Uh, but I, I want to pray. Holy Spirit, would you come? Lord, we, ju- we just don't want to do anything, anything, without your presence. Where else can we go? Where else could we turn? You alone have the words of life. And would you speak to us, Lord? Would you lead us? Would you guide us? Because you are faithful, and we believe and we trust you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Uh, so right away, I'm just going to jump into some scriptures here. And uh, if you have your Bible at home or have a Bible app or, you know, whatever you're doing to make sure you get some of that Bible reading going on, uh, I'm going to be reading out of the book of John, chapter 8. And uh, Jesus makes this pretty well-known statement in there. You, you shall know the truth. The truth shall set you free. Many people have quoted that. Some people actually say that without knowing it comes from the Bible. Did you know that? I've heard people say that, like, you know, non-Christians alike. They'll say, well, the truth shall set you free. I'm like, you know who said that? Jesus. And sometimes they're surprised to hear that. Um, but to read it in context, I just want to look at a little dialogue between Jesus and what's known as the crowd. <laughs> there were always crowds around Jesus, and um, the crowds included religious leaders of their day. Did you know that? So they, they knew some stuff. There were some learned, learned people amongst Jesus. And so I want to begin, so chapter, uh, chapter 8 in the book of John, beginning in verse uh, 31. So Jesus said to the people who believed in him, so his, his context already. Jesus said to the people who believed in him, do you believe in him today? If you do, here are some words for you. You are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings. And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. This is crowd, the crowd's response. But we... But we are descendants of Abraham, they said. We have never been slaves to anyone. What do you mean you will be set free? 
And Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. Everyone who sins is a slave to sin. A slave is not a permanent member of the family, but a son is part of the family forever. So if the son sets you free, you are truly free. Yes, I realize that you are descendants of Abraham, and yet some of you are trying to kill me because there's no room in your hearts for my message. I am telling you what I saw when I was with the father, but you are following the advice of your father. And it keeps going. I mean, I I have so much I want to kind of get to. But the truth is important to Jesus, right? (laughs) And those are some pretty profound statements, yeah? Listening, hearing, obeying. uh, These are marks of true disciples of Jesus. Following Jesus, remaining faithful to the teachings of Jesus. These These are marks of the children of God. Do you think this temporary quarantine is bad? Think of eternal bondage to sin. Slave to sin. I'll circle back to that in a little bit. But anyways, the, the truth. I think of the truth. The truth is important. And it's interesting, with everything in the news these days, it got me thinking. I've, I've found myself wondering, um, why, you know, why are people so hesitant to question something? And not, I mean, I think you find a diverse crowd of people being like, well, well, why do we have to do this? And why is it this way? And some people are like, hey, just do it. It's, it's, it's good. It's good. It's better for everyone. Like just, you know, uh, the Dick was saying a couple, you know, all, all the sayings, right? We're here for you. We're all in this together. Let's just repeat after me, right? In the Christian faith, though, there, there are so many places where we are called to test something, right? We're called to we're called to see if something stands the test. To go through the refiner's fire, as, a, as it were. That, that when, it, when, so, when we go through the fire, when something goes through the fire, the, the gold, <laughs> you know, the gold will remain. When our, when our lives are shaken, right, when we go through something in life, what, what's standing at the end of the day? What is truly remaining? What is, what is truly remaining in us? And we've talked a lot about over the last several weeks, I mean, two months, um, you know, we've talked about prayer. We've talked about dealing with fear and anxiety, right? Talking about addressing those things in our lives, the things that make us anxious, right? So during this time, a lot of people, if you've, if you've already had some anxiety in you, oh boy, did that start to rise up or what? If you had some worry didn't the worry, worry meter started to just go up just a little bit, if we're honest, right? But in the scriptures, we read a lot about fear, but we also read a lot about the truth and Jesus' love for us. And, and so in discussing this, um, one of the things I see happening more often than not in my own life, and just being honest, and in those around me, is the, is the projection of fear. It's not just fear. It's, the, it's almost like anticipating fear, right? I'm getting ready. I'm getting ready. <laughs> um, but my concern is that we as believers, as we, as we f- seek to follow Jesus and his truth and his teachings, you know, we're, we're to follow Jesus. We are, we are to have the mind of Christ, right? 
And sometimes we, we can be honest and say, oh, in that situation, that scenario, maybe I wasn't really being led by the Spirit of God. Maybe there was something else kind of pushing me, you know, and, and, and I just want to riff on this a little bit because uh, we, if, if any of you have been doing the Bible in one year reading, I hope you guys uh, in your houses have been doing it or anyone here. Um, man, it's, it's, just, it's just so good to have, a, have something where instead of saying, well, I wonder what I should read today, just read the Bible. Just have a couple, you know, chapters to read every day. It's amazing what that will do. And um, I, I, I appreciate doing a devotional every day because it forces me to read the Old Testament, which, you know, if we're honest, sometimes we're not, like, looking to go back to, I wonder what it says in Genesis. I wonder uh, what Leviticus has to say about that, you know. We're, we're not necessarily being led by the Spirit to go back and read Deuteronomy, right? I'm just being totally honest, uh, but I re- reading the book of Numbers, I recalled this event in there, and it just made me think of, like, everything we've kind of been going through recently. And uh, it's, it's in the book of Numbers, which I already said. Thanks, Eric. Good job. Um, but in chapter 13, the, it's, it's this interesting event of the, the, the people of God Okay, go, they're like, they've been like wandering for a while, and they've been trying to get to this promised land, right? They're on the, th- at this point, they're on the threshold of entering the promised land. God's had a promise for the people of God, already told them, hey, it's yours. I am with you, Right? And then there's these two men, Caleb and Joshua, in this, in this account where they are two men who, are, um, uh, who had a deep and abiding faith in God. And they were two of 12 men who were sent to spy out the land of promise. And these men were to report back on what the land was like and, you know, was the land fruitful? Uh, were there trees in the land? Uh, the men were also suppo- su- supposed to report the types of people that were living in the land, you know, were they strong, were they weak, um, were they few, were they many? And so I just want to pick up in, uh, I'm going to read this account from picking up here. Uh, So this is Numbers chapter 13 and beginning in verse 25. So it says, uh, I'm reading out of the New Living Translation. That sounds different than what you're reading. But this is the the scouting report. So it says, After exploring the land for 40 days, the men returned to Moses, Aaron, and the whole community of Israel at Kadesh in the wilderness of Paran. They reported to the whole community what they had seen and showed them the fruit they had taken from the land. So this was their report to Moses. We entered the land you sent us to explore, and it is indeed a bountiful country, a land flowing with milk and honey. And here is the kind of fruit it produces. But the people living there are powerful. And their towns are large and fortified. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. And so the Amalekites live in the Negev, and the Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites all live in the hill country. The Canaanites live along the coast of the Mediterranean Sea and along the Jordan Valley. So these these were all enemy camps, people, opposition. So pick up verse 30. But Caleb tried to quiet the people as they stood before Moses. 
Let's go at once to take the land, he said. We can certainly conquer it. But the other men who had explored the land with him disagreed. We can't go up against them. They are stronger than we are. So they spread this bad report about the land among the Israelites. The land we traveled through and explored will devour anyone who goes to live there. All the people we saw were huge. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. And next to them, we felt like grasshoppers. And that's what they thought too. Now, I want to stop there because Well, let's go here. So, so these spies return, and obviously they gave a report of the, you know, of the people, their journey. They gave a report to the people of their journey of the land. So 10 of the guys basically can't stop talking about the men of great size, all the opposition. Um, they did say that there, it was plentiful. They did agree that the agriculture was good. But you can see out of this text that their focus, even though they could truly report some, some good stuff, the, the thing they focused on was the opposition. The thing they focused on was the fear. And you know it was not just the fact that they were reporting about these giants or these, this great opposition, but you can tell it comes from a place of fear because it finishes with, we even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak, next to them, we felt like grasshoppers, and that's what they thought too. And it's interesting because it doesn't say they had a dialogue with these giants to find that information out. <laughs> They're just starting to form an inner dialogue of fear. Have you ever had a conversation? Uh, you, you got ready for a conversation. Do you know where I'm going with this? Okay, if I talk to this person, this is what they're going to say. And then, and then I'm going to say this. And, and, then, and then they're going to say, and I don't even know if I want to say that because if they're going to say this, then I, I, I really just don't want to, I'm just not even going to have the conversation. You know, I've already talked myself out of it. If you go out there, you'll be devoured. <laughs> you know, this may ruffle a few feathers. I don't know, but here we go. Um, you know, I look, at, I look at the current situation, and I want to be careful because um, I, know, I know everything we're going through right now is very sensitive, but I want to look at it through a kingdom perspective, and I want to look at it through the way, trying the best that I can pastorally and as a disciple of Jesus to, um, to really seek the Lord's heart in everything that's going on. And one of the things that uh, I think, even as we've tried to gather together, just being totally transparent and honest, is, you know, as we got information from people about gathering here and that idea of, you know, um, you know, people's concerns and, and everyone, you know, we had, we had responses even on our survey, everyone from, hey, like, I was ready to meet back on March 1st to, uh, you know, like, I don't know, I might want to meet in the fall. And, and restrictions and all these things, like, we're already starting to do some of the you know, the social distancing and, and being smart. You know, we're trying to be smart and use wisdom, but at the same time, not trying to live out of fear, right? And so as kingdom people, we're trying to be like, okay, how do we live in wisdom but not in fear? And I think the fear comes in when, um, and, and like I said, it may ruffle a few feathers, but treating healthy people as if they are sick. And I know that, like, this could touch a number of things, but hear me out. 
I don't want to live as if something, somebody has something they do not have. I do not want to project fear. I want to use wisdom, but I don't want to project fear. And part of that embracing that connection that we have as believers with people is I want to live in the truth. I want to live in the truth. I want to live in the light that Jesus offers. I want to know what he says about a matter. I want to know how he wants me to proceed in life. And I think this story is very telling of human nature that it, you know, many times we do allow fear and doubt to control, right? Like our lives, instead of trusting God, we can be brave one minute. I mean, how many people were brave before, uh, you know, lockdown hit and then everyone was like, whoa, like, you know, time out, like, retreat, okay, we got to, you know, like, it's almost this, like, slam the brakes and everyone's just like, yeah, yeah, people are out there buying toilet paper, like, that is, that is true. But it's interesting how the two men, who were not the majority, you know, they look, the, the, the way of the response, the, the, the report that was given, um, you know, their response was different. You know, Caleb said, hey, hey, let's, let's go do this. Now, I'm not saying, like, in our context, hey, be reckless and stupid and, you know, like, go make bad decisions and start going up to everyone and anyone and, and you know. But I am saying that they had a different perspective. They, just, they had a different worldview. They, did, they had a different, um, uh, I don't know, I don't want to say gusto, but, like, they, they trusted in who God was in them and what God had promised and what was ahead of them. And I think we look at everything around us and we see, man, like, is this what God's promise? Like, I feel like God has promises on my life. I think there are promises on your life, Keith. I think there are promises on your life, Scott, and people who are in here and you watching online. Like, there are promises that God has on your life that you could look at this situation right now and be like, there's no way that's happening. (laughs) Right? There's no way that's going to come to fruition. But we need to look at life through the lens of God's promise and through faith to be a people of belief. And, you know, they were focused on God. They were obedient to God. They weren't, they weren't afraid to speak up for God, even in the midst of a bad report. Right? They got everyone, you know, they got these 10 guys, hey, hey, bad news, don't do it. And these two guys are like, oh, no, we're in the minority here. <laughs> Uh-oh, this is not going to be good. But I say all this to circle back. It's, you know, with certain uh, reporting and guidelines and all these things, you know, there should be at least some kind of pause as a Christian to say, I wonder if that's true. I wonder if, like, the way we're going about it needs to happen this way. And not, like, we're not talking conspiracy theory world or anything like that, but just, like, there should be a pause, not a, not a cynicism or a um, suspicion, but it should be a, hey, like, I am a Christian, I have a mind. I have been set free from sin. Like, I have the ability to think as God thinks. I have the ability to pray and ask God what he thinks on a matter. I think that's super empowering, right? I think that's very empowering as a Christian to be able to think. You know, even with your health, like, think of things where you you have to actually process data that's coming at you so fast. I mean, we're in the social media world. I mean, like, how fast are we being bombarded with data compared to, like, 10 years ago? I mean, it it is overwhelming. It's it's, It's almost too much for us to take in, I think, no? 
You know, I think anything, like, you know, you look at getting uh, data from something, like, take it, let's just bring it way down to a practical level. You need to go get your car fixed. You go to the doctor. Like, somebody tells you, hey, this is what you need to do, here's the cost. Uh, here's what's happening, this is what you need to do. Now, granted, if you're, like, full trust in that person, you might say, okay, yep, yep, do whatever, yep, here's, here's the money, here's this, let's do this, like, let's sign off, let's do it as quick as we can. Or you may say, you know what, I don't know about that. I think I might want to get a second opinion. I think I might want to get a, I mean, doesn't that sound pretty rational, right? And, um, but I, fee I, I get the sense that the ability to think and the ability to actually get some second opinions is being lessened. The value of that is being weakened in our society. And so if you ever question a main narrative, you do get labeled as like, Oh, you're crazy, conspiracy theory, you're, you know, you know, just go along with this, like, j just do it, just do what they say, like, and everyone will be safe, we're all in this together. And even as I'm saying this, like, test what I'm saying, go back to the scriptures, read if, you know, um, you know, one of my thoughts was the, uh, the uh, in the book of Acts, I'm just going to read that real quick. I, I'm totally taking a right turn here, but as I'm in that stream of thought on testing what's being said, in the book of Acts in chapter 17, being in verse 10, Paul is continuing to preach the gospel to the Gentile world. And this is what happens. Acts 17, verse 10 says, That very night the believers sent Paul and Silas to Berea. And when they arrived there, they went to the Jewish synagogue. And the people of Berea were more open-minded than those in Thessalonica, and they listened eagerly to Paul's message. And they searched the scriptures day after day to see if Paul and Silas were teaching the truth. As a result, many Jews believed, as did many of the prominent Greek men and women. And so they're considered noble Christians, noble believers. They are receiving data that's coming at them, but they're saying, whoa, whoa, time out. I'm not going to have a quick emotional response to that news that's being reported to me by the TV. I'm not going to immediately have a reaction to that. I will, I will gladly receive what's, what's coming at me, but before I proceed forward with any response, before clicking share on the, po 